What's up, y'all? This is your girl, OVO Lemonade. Here's part three. And I think after this, this will be the ending of the interview. Enjoy. I mean, now, because everybody wants a, vil a villain and everybody wants there to be a victim. Mm -hmm. But it's rarely who you think it is in Hollywood marriages. So when my first marriage ended, my publicist just got to the microphone first. Nobody heard about everything that I just told you guys. What they heard was he never contributed to the household. Then they used the most unflattering photo to prove that I was justified in leaving. Nobody cared that my divorce wasn't final for almost three years. The second it was announced, by we announced it at 9 a.m. By 9.15, we started what we call the divorce list. People's publicists started sending my publicists, well, now that she's single, nobody cared that my divorce wasn't final. It was drop that zero, get you a hero. <laughs> nobody cared. Because he had the audacity to not work and to gain weight. So when we when we when we read this, you know, these these tabloids and the blogs, and when we 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 try to choose sides when our friends break up or our family members break up, just know that rarely will you ever get the truth. You're gonna get the first person to the microphone. Think about that when we're offering compassion. And we, when, we, when we decide, we know the whole story. There might be more than one victim and there might be more than one villain. And sometimes it's a push. But that's what happens when you are accountable for yourself and you ask other people to be accountable. That was a super long-winded answer. <laughs> when you're talking about, um, there was a chapter in the book where you talk about mittens yeah. and, and being a black woman in a white space, and this is you as a celebrity, this is Gabrielle Union who people know, still trying to um, diminish ourselves so that uh, we're, that other people feel comfortable, white people feel comfortable. And you're still dealing with this now. What advice do you have for women who are going to read that chapter and men who are going to read that chapter about getting through straddling that divide without losing ourselves? So I wrote this chapter. This is one of the last chapters I turned in because this actually just happened last winter. Um, so you know we all do that dance of how to make my white friends, coworkers, neighbors feel more comfortable. So my old college roommate, when we were at UCLA, he took the bus. And so the walk to the bus stop to school and then the walk back was through a very, you know, predominantly white community, but a very affluent community. He stayed UCLA down to the socks. UCLA sweatshirt, UCLA shorts, UCLA backpack. 
And that backpack was supposed to signal to our neighbors, I'm one of the good ones. You know, growing up, my friends and their parents would say, you know, there's niggers and then there's, you know, there's cool black people and you're one of the cool black people. Mm. Oh, I, I, I didn't realize. There were difference. Mm. I didn't notice that at my family reunion. <laughs> are you the, who are, who are my good black people cousins and who are the niggers? I'm sorry. Can you separate yourselves? Right. I, right. I'm not sure. I'm confused. Yeah. Um, but it's all the things that we do, how we change our tone. Mm. You know, that tone that we have when we're at work. Ooh. We say, 